This episode of Teach, Sleep, Repeat is sponsored by Teacher Wellbeing. Are your teachers drowning in a sea of unnecessary documentation and lesson planning? Are you reluctant to implement real help to reduce workload and give teachers sufficient time to get the job done? Why not try organised teacher wellbeing activities that take up even more time and don't remotely help? Options include sitting your staff team down for a two-hour meeting on breathing activities, clay pottery classes after school when they would have otherwise been marking, literally anything apart from time to do the job. Just listen to this happy teacher. These breathing techniques make the thoughts of my marking pile disappear, even though it's still there. <laughs> Sign up today and get a free folder of documentation to show Ofsted just how well-being compliant you are. Use the code, we are using this as a tick box for Ofsted and not as a way to actually support our staff to receive 50% off your first order. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Should we keep this in? <laughs> hey everyone and welcome to episode two of Teach, Sleep, Repeat. My name is Dylan. And my name's Hayden. And we have been overwhelmed by the response to the first episode. Thank you so much to everyone who listened. We had teachers, non-teachers, and we even received some lovely feedback, didn't we, Hayden? Oh, really nice feedback. The first bit of feedback that I got was, why do you sound so weird when you say your name? So I, I'm now really <laughs> self-conscious about that. Was that when you introduced yourself at the start? Yeah, the bit where I said, and I'm Hayden, or my name's Hayden. So I've, I've run it through about 12 different ways now, and I just think they all sound strange. So hopefully you guys can let me know. Yeah, make sure you uh, rewind this podcast a bit, guys, and listen, because I wasn't paying attention to you, I'm not going to lie, because I was too busy thinking about this week's episode. And this week, I know we're on the same page here, Hayden, but I thought what we should do, after talking about the strikes last week and perhaps doing something quite heavy, we wanted to switch up a bit and go really positive this week, isn't that right? Yeah, I think going back to like when we thought about doing this podcast we really wanted to make something kind of fun a little bit silly something relatable perhaps but it was just irresistible wasn't it last week we how could we not talk about the strikes when it was such a something we're really passionate about to be honest with you we 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 are genuinely passionate and we wanted to talk about it yeah definitely i think we should um we should lighten up a little bit i'm just going to say right now i'm not going to lie to you guys it is season of illness in school right I have not been able to shake off this cold for about two months. So if you feel like I'm struggling to breathe and out of breath just through talking, you're absolutely right, because that's how I feel right now. But there is a cure, isn't there, Dylan? Oh, yeah? There's something that is a cure for both of us, actually. What's that? It's the season of cream eggs right now. It is cream egg season. I love cream egg season. And that's how I know Easter's around the corner and Christmas is done, because I walk into the shop and I see a succulent five box of cream eggs and I just, my face lights up and uh, it's almost as if I'm not ill anymore. If I ever need to cheer Dylan up, and he, know, he knows this is true, it's not very often that I'll do something nice, but <laughs> I'll come round his house, I'll drop a drop a box of cream eggs at his door, and that'll cheer him up. Genuinely, I, I honestly feel like when I was younger, I didn't necessarily understand why, uh, you know, people might like flowers delivered. I'm like, what? Why do you want flowers? When I received a pack of five cream eggs, I get the feeling. I understand it now. And they don't last long. So that's enough about cream eggs, Dylan. Let's bring this podcast back to its core. I'm going to ask you a question. What is your favorite part about teaching? I want to clarify. I love this job. I really, really do because I wouldn't carry on doing it otherwise. And my favorite part, it boils down to, and maybe you agree, I'm sure you do, the children. The children, the children, the children. Whether it's helping them understand something they didn't know before, that's a really, really nice feeling as a teacher when you help them to grasp a new concept they've been struggling with. But also just working with them, 
they are pure. Mm. They are funny. And actually, I actually just enjoy standing in front of them, delivering lessons and getting to know them. Yeah, I think I agree. I was really trying to think before we started this podcast about when, what days do I come home and feel like really buzzed? And it is always those days where I've had an interaction with a child or a group of children where the, like the relationship between us has really developed. Like we've had a, a personal bond and that child has maybe gone home feeling really good because I've just maybe helped them with like a social problem or like you said, help them actually in a lesson learning something. Like it's not always just about the lessons. Yeah. And I think later on in the podcast, we'll go into more detail about that and dive deeper into how to form those relationships and why they actually might be beneficial in the long run. And where's the line? But for now, I think what I wanted to do, Hayden, <laughs> and you already know because I've asked you to prepare this. Oh, yeah. Is we have scoured our brains, our mind palaces, our memories for our favorite stories from our years and years of teaching. I think between us, we are honestly closing in on about 20 years of teaching right now. So we've got plenty of stories and we wanted to give you a snippets of our favorites. So I'm going to start us off, Hayden. Go on. For context, if anyone who doesn't know us, Hayden and I, we worked in the same school to start with. That's how we met each other. We went to school together in secondary school, but we were in different year groups. And then we ended up working together for quite a few years. We've gone our separate ways. We've come back. We've worked all over this time. But initially, we worked in the same school. And this story is absolutely brilliant. So I want you to set the scene. You're in celebration assembly. Big, big assembly, celebration assembly. Every single Friday, the kids are pumped. They walk in. Every staff member's down the side on their chairs. Year six are on the benches, feeling like the big boys at the back. And we had a teacher who was an assistant head and he led these celebration assemblies every week. And he was the perfect person to do this because he was so extra. He was so over the top. We'd have, we are the champions blasting on the speakers as they come in. We'd have celebrate good times. The kids would be boogie and dancing. And this guy, he'd be handing out the certificates for every class. And he'd be talking like this, right, this week, young Penelope, she has been absolutely perfect in maths. She's been smashing her TT rock stars. Let's give it up for this girl. Let's go. And the crowd would be going wild and he'd be so extra over the top. And it got to the end of assembly. And there's one certificate left on the side. It's laminated. It's almost like thick plastic. It's shiny. It's like the, the trophy everyone wants. He picks it up. And he's bending down, crouching down to the level of the children. And he goes, right, we've got one more big award here. Who's ready to find out who's got this one? This person has been caring, considerate. He's reading off this chart <laughs> and he gets to the name <laughs> and he goes, and it's to Bungo. And no kid stands up. No one wants to claim the trophy. So he's trying to keep up this facade. Bungo. Anyone? I've got a big trophy here. He's been brilliant all term. It's Bungo. Does anyone know a Bungo? Anyone know a Bungo in the school? He's clearly worrying at this point because he knows everyone's name and he's starting to realise there is no Bungo. And this girl just puts her hand up really slowly in the middle of assembly. And he goes, yes. And she goes, <laughs> um, I think that's the school dinner menu. <laughs> <laughs> He picked 
got the school dinner menu that's in a laminated pouch and Bungo is the name of a Womble. (laughs) It was a promotion for the Wombles, the old TV show. (laughs) I only have one memory, one memory of this and it is just the sight of teachers bobbing up and down on their chairs trying to hold it in as they were creasing up, knowing, watching their fellow colleague make a complete fool of himself reading out the school dinner menu. Ah, a classic, Dylan. And if that assistant head is listening to this, just know that you are a legend. And many people think of this story and laugh and it brings them lots of joy. So thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. What an amazing guy. Well, I've got a story for you as well, Dylan. Um, Maybe not as funny as that one, but uh, it's kind of at my expense, really, to be honest with you. This one, (laughs) not so much as someone else. Oh, they're my favorite kind of stories. So this one's a bit more recent, a couple of years ago, uh, during the COVID times, as no one likes to speak about anymore. Um we had the opportunity to have our vaccinations a bit earlier because they were still doing the kind of age bracket vaccinations. So like the over 70s, I think it wasn't about over 60s, maybe over 50s around that time, um, something like that. Either way, it wasn't down to us yet. And for context at the time, I was 28. I'm 30 now, um, but 28 is, is really important number. So I was dismissing the children of my class and as always, having a couple of interactions with parents. And, and uh, one of the children went and told their parent, um, oh, my teacher uh, had that vaccination today because we were given like a, a last minute opportunity to go and get them from um, a clinic that just had spares, basically. So we did. And I came back to school. It was all fine. And yeah, the ch- child said that to their parent. And the parent comes over and talks to me and says, oh, I think they were joking, but said, oh, I, I didn't realise that the uh, the over 50s were now getting their vaccinations. <laughs> he didn't look <laughs> over 50. And, you know, I, I she's joking. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Maybe not the over 50s. She was like, oh, in all seriousness, now, I didn't realise they were doing over 40s. <laughs> and she was dead serious at this point. I'm 28. And, and this woman was like sort of joking about me being over 50, maybe reading my reaction and realising that I'm not over 50. But then was confident enough to be like, oh, okay, but he must be in his 40s though. So I made that second comment. She- what? She was testing the water. She came over going, oh, this is my chance. For all this time, I'm thinking, is he in his 40s or his 50s? I know what I'll do. I'll joke about him being in his 50s yeah. and I'll see his reaction. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. I was, I was genuinely quite offended because I was thinking, oh, look, I know I've not got any hair. I know, I know I'm bald now, but come on. I'm, t- I'm in my 20s. I'm not 50, like 40 plus. Oh, man. I just sort of went, <laughs> And then you cried yourself to sleep again, right? Yeah, uh, A common theme with uh, oppression. Okay, good. Um, my next one. This is to do with, I'm sure all teachers can relate, and we absolutely love it, let's be real. Getting cards. Getting cards and presents and gifts. Christmas time, end of year, right? Mm. And again, genuinely, I know people might say this, I really appreciate the gifts, but they're often not even my favourite thing. So it's not like I'm just looking for monetary value. I don't want a, a massive, uh, lovely gift off a child. Sometimes the written notes are my favourite, and this is an example. So it's Christmas. This is my first year, so I'm an NQT because I'm old enough to have been an NQT and not an ECT. I was an NQT and one of my favorite classes, and this child was one of my favorite children. He was just hilarious. He was one of those guys you could just have a laugh, have a joke with, but they really knew how to work hard and where the line was. And he walked in, it's Christmas time, and he gave me a bag, but then I got the card. And I love reading the card because it's one of two things in a card from a child. It's either... Dear Mr. Price, from blank. And that's it. (laughs) And that's fine. Lovely. Or they try and be funny. They go over the top. They say a joke. They draw a picture. Either way, absolutely lovely. But I just had a feeling that the way he gave me this card, he had a kind of smirk on his face. 
And I, I was ready. I thought I'd take it. And sometimes I wait to open them. But for this one, I said, shall I open it now? And he just very shyly tucked his chin into his, to his neck. And he just kind of gave me a quick nod and then ran off to his seat. <laughs> and when he sat down, he was kind of staring at me, like anticipating. So I'm like, oh, what's this going to be? So he's drawn this picture of Santa and he's going to put a beard on him and say it's Mr. Price or something like that. So I open the card up and I read it. It goes, dear Mr. Price. I'm like, okay. Merry Christmas. Oh, there's no picture anywhere. Okay, I'll just keep reading. From blank. P.S. I know Santa isn't real. <laughs> and I just looked up. This is a year four I child. bet he was waiting so long he, to tell you this. He was staring. He? he was staring at me like grinning. He gave me that little, do you know that little emoji with just like the side grin? Yeah. Like, I know I'm up to something. And all I did in that moment was I looked at him and I gave him the grin back and just gave him a nod. I went, mm. he knows, <laughs> you know. I love it when children uh, like do that thing where they, they think they know something they shouldn't know. Like, they're like, I know this thing. And they feel so sneaky about it. Like the common one for me is anything about your personal life, basically. When they realize you're not an alien, like you're actually just a human. And they'll go up to you and be like, <clears throat> I know you've got Facebook. <laughs> and to give you the eyes, like where their parents maybe, you know, just looked at it or something. I know that, uh, I know you've got a girlfriend. <laughs> and they just think it's like this crazy fact, like, oh my God, my teacher does this normal thing. Yeah. Like when, um, sometimes you're shopping at the weekend and you see a child and you know what's going to happen because you see them out and they're like shy, maybe don't say anything. You know, Monday morning, they're going to walk in. Saw you at Tesco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just shopping. Yeah, I do yep. go to Tesco every now and then. And you shied away from me when I walked past. So you're very confident now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Talking of the children loving the idea that they've got some information they shouldn't have and kind of using that against you like, oh, I know this. Hayden, do you remember what we used to tell the children in the school? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we've manufactured uh, a hilarious, a harmless lie about Dylan and I in which we've convinced basically the whole school to the point where they like even tell the younger children that we haven't even taught yet that Dylan and I are brothers, blood brothers. Okay. And... The best bit is, it's like a two-layered thing. We felt so smart because you always get those children. They just, they see right through you. They're like, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, they just don't stop. And eventually we were like, okay, let's just cave in and be like, oh, fine. We're not really brothers. We're just cousins. And at that point, they're like, well, they, they believe that layer. So then you get you get the kids that are like, oh, did you know Mr. Stevens and Mr. Mr. Price? They're brothers. And then you get the other kids going, oh, no, they're not. They're just cousins. <laughs> To the point where someone that I taught this year, we haven't actually done this in a long time, I don't think. Um, so it was a real surprise. Um, but this this particular child has, has a brother a couple of years older that I taught a while back when we probably did, you know, have a bit of fun with this. And they, um, in the middle of a lesson one day, I can't remember what it was on, but they just said to me, dead serious in the middle of a lesson, oh, doesn't your, doesn't your brother have one of those? And I would look to him and I was like, what? Said, yeah, doesn't your brother have one of those? So like, what? Jimmy, and then I remembered. I was like, oh, you mean Mr. Price? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just carried on with this thing. I was like, I couldn't believe that this child had had, had this, you know, fact in their head this whole time. And, and it just came out in the middle of a lesson. Made me laugh a lot. Brilliant, brilliant. I've got one memory. Um, it was, again, when we used to work in the same school and we were involved in maths leadership. Not as much as we are now, but we were just involved in the maths hub. 
and we did some pupil conferencing. And this is one of my favorite things to do in school is to just talk to the children about what they get up to in lessons because it's just funny sometimes. And there was this one time I remember it just happened to be that I took a couple of children out of your maths class. So a boy and a girl took them out and I was asking them about what they do in maths. What did you learn today? What did you learn last week? And <laughs> we got to one question. <laughs> boy in your class. Oh, I know. You're going to expose me, aren't you? I'm going to expose you. And I I just said to him, okay, and um, you know, does does Mr. Stevens support you in lessons? It, 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 do you understand what you're doing each day? And he just went, yeah. But and he kind of hesitated. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to write this down about Hayden. Something's got wrong. Yeah, but you know, he does just go on a bit, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> listen, all right, listen. I like to tell stories. But what was funny about this was um. He didn't say, he has to go on a bit, doesn't he? And I said, oh, what do you mean? And he went, well, you know, he just tells us stories about his life. And he just says, I want to just get on with the maths. <laughs> Brilliant. That, that, I felt really rubbish after that because I was like, oh no, they don't like my stories. Well, I think with this one, it, he just wanted to crack on with his maths, Hayden. I don't think necessarily it's, um, it's too detrimental on you to tell to children some stories. No, it's fair enough. And uh, I will continue to tell my rubbish stories to the class um, at inappropriate times because, you know, that's what a good teacher does, right? And I will continue to do some pupil conferencing and find out how much they all hate it. <laughs> it exposed me horribly. Well, listen, get into stories on me like that. I've got a story on you, which always makes me laugh. I think I know what's coming. Yeah, of course you do, because I always, you, you're going to think of this story when I say that I'm going to mock you. So um, <laughs> back to assemblies again. Seems to be a theme of this podcast. Um, Dylan once was in assembly with all of us and it was a really special assembly where we have to give like a, an award to children but it's not just like your, your classic end of the week award we're talking like one child out of a whole year group and it was a really big school uh, gets this very special award every couple of terms and it's supposed to be about maybe like some sort of bravery or something they've overcome in their life like a really special thing uh, Dylan couldn't really think of anything um, or anyone like really particularly meaningful to give it to so he just give it gave it to a kid that he likes uh, someone that just worked hard in class could have been, you know, 20 <laughs> children. He just gave it to this child. And um, this child goes up to the front and receives this award. Honestly, isn't really too bothered about getting it. And I looked around. <laughs> he I couldn't was, have cared less. He couldn't have cared less. And I was sat in front of Dylan because it's just that classic setup of teachers down the sides. And I was sat in front of Dylan, sort of smirking, thinking this is quite embarrassing because we've just had some like really heartfelt story about the last one. And then we've got your, yeah, he's doing all right in maths. You know, that was like the comment. And I turn around and Dylan's crying. Dylan, genuinely, <laughs> genuinely, he has to talk about this child. He has to read off like the thing. And he starts crying. <laughs> like it's nothing even that meaningful. <laughs> He's just in tears. No. And I'm just looking across the room Listen. like the other teachers thinking, are we all seeing Dylan crying about this? <laughs> Can you explain yourself, Dylan? I've got to, I've got to defend myself. <laughs> because he was really lovely, Hayden. <laughs> but like... You were crying. The reaction was so unnecessary. Oh, I remember it because what's supposed to happen is it's only one per year group. So like, it's you know, it wasn't even like I had to pick someone in my class and I couldn't think for some reason the whole year group decided it was this boy. <laughs> but every now and then it's just nice to give it to someone just for constantly being lovely, constantly doing the right thing, kind of going kind of under the radar, right? Because it can happen sometimes. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something overwhelmingly bad has happened to deserve this award. It kind of what it turned into, which was lovely because children overcome lots. But I just wanted to give it to him. And when I had to explain why... I just remembered how brilliant he was, okay? And did I choke up? 
Yes. You, you were I just remember you would just be like, he's just such a nice boy. <laughs> just in tears at this really just standard, like it could have been a pupil of the week, just a standard comment at the end of the week. He's just tried so hard and this time. And he couldn't have cared less. <laughs> no, I reckon. <laughs> you know when children get certificates and you put the effort in to write something and then, and then when it gets to like Christmas or Easter or something and you do a bit of a tray clear and it's just in their tray. They didn't even take it home. They don't. They just don't care. This one wasn't even a certificate. It was a trophy. It was like a mini trophy. It was like a clear glass see-through, really like premium thing. Yeah, just in the bottom of a bag. Haven't emptied it in a couple of terms. Well, listen, Dylan, I've loved these stories. I know we've got loads more stories for the future, but we'd also really, really like to hear some stories from people at home. Can you think of your funniest or most favourable teaching memory? And Dylan, have we got a way for them to send it in? Yeah, actually, this week I have set up an email that you can email us your stories at and we're going to feature our favourite ones every single week. So do let us know. The email is this, teachsleeprepeatpod at (laughs) gmail.com. Sorry, what? <laughs> That's the longest Gmail I've ever heard. Is that is that real? Teach sleep repeat pod at gmail.com. Oh, you're being serious. I'm sorry. I genuinely thought you were joking. <laughs> That's such a long part. That's the just write in at I'll spell it for you. T E A C H S L E E P R E P E A T P O D at gmail.com. <laughs> sorry. I'm gonna you know Gmail's been used a lot when you really can't get short Gmails anymore. Well, Sorry, mister, I can't even say my own name at the start of a podcast. Maybe next time you can set up the email. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. Well, Dylan, would you like to repeat that? Because I was taking the mic. Yes, I would actually. So if you've got any funny stories, you want us to feature them on the podcast, read them out. You can stay anonymous if you like. It is teachsleeprepeatpod at gmail.com. Would you like me to spell it out again? No? (laughs) No, Okay, that's fine. I won't. Let us know, guys. Give us an email. Give us some of your funny stories. Earlier in the podcast, Hayden, we mentioned the relationship you build with the children, because like we said, that's our favorite part of the job. It's helping the children make progress. It's helping them develop as people. It's helping them overcome obstacles and barriers. That's why we're into teaching. And one of the biggest things that I've found helps to do that, to get the most out of a child in the classroom, firstly, obviously, is that they feel safe. And that's the most important thing ever. But secondly, the closer relationship that I have with my class, the better in terms of the outcome. But I just want you to tell me your thoughts, Hayden, on where is that line? Because at the end of the day, we're their teacher. We're not their pal. We're not their mate. What do you think about where that line is and how can we get the most out of the children while still maintaining a really strict professional demeanor? I think that point you made about like, you know, we're not their friends, but we can kind of be friendly with them and develop that relationship. is really important. And I actually learned that lesson in my NQT year, um, my, the teacher I was I was with at the time. So I think he highlighted that I was really pally with the kids because you are, you're just a bit insecure when you start. I think a lot of people are, and I want the kids to like me. Like I need them to like me and then, then I can do my job properly. And he kind of took me to the side and did just say, listen, you can't be their friend, but you can be nice and you can be friendly to them so that they respect you. And that really stuck with me. And and I have tried to kind of build that into my career because like you, I think it's super important that you develop real relationships with the children, not fake ones, not made up ones where you're forcing them to respect you, but real relationships with them. For me, uh, that's a really, really nice saying. I've never heard it like that, actually, before you've said that. You're not their friend, but you could be friendly. I really like that distinction between the two because it hits a nail on the head for me. I do not want any child in the class to come in and be bored. 
I don't want any child in the class to come in and feel like they don't get on with their teacher. You need to have that really strong bond with your class. And the stronger that bond is, the better the work will be because you have more respect from them. I don't think as a teacher from when I was at school, maybe I'm wrong, but my experience at school was that it felt like teachers kind of just demanded respect from the start. And if you didn't give them that respect from the start, that was it. There was no attempt at trying to make that bond. It was just, you listen, you write, you do this. If you don't, if you struggle, if you're not bothering to do anything, then it's your fault. And I think from my point of view as a teacher, the onus is on us, right? The onus is always on us. It's on us to develop that bond with the children. It's on us to find something in common with them so that they have some kind of middle ground. And that's how you're going to get the best out of them is to actually foster that relationship while still being that teacher figure, not their friend. And I find that those classes, because obviously every class is different, but those classes where you do really manage to develop those personal individual relationships with the children in the class, I just find that behavior problems are, are way less. I just don't have as many behavior problems. Obviously you still get some, but I just, the children tend to listen to you a bit more because they actually like you. They actually respect your opinion and what you think of them. So if they can see you're genuinely annoyed at their behavior, those children that you've developed those relationships with, they'll care about it. They don't, they don't want to upset you because they actually like you. And that's reciprocated, isn't it? Because like you said, they care about you. They don't want to annoy you. They want to please you. They want to uh, give you uh, their hard work. They want to do their best for you. And that's because they feel like you're doing the best for them. You're listening to them. You're taking their problems seriously. You're not just dismissing it as children will be quiet and work. They're people, you know, and, and, and I really, really, really value that. And I think that line is somewhere in the middle, obviously, but I really like it. I'm going to say it again. You can be friendly with them, but you're not their friend. You're their teacher. I think uh, you probably do this as well. It's a bit of a teacher tactic, really. But it's something I do probably every year with multiple children. Um, and you can back me up here or not. Uh, but when when I have like some sort of behavioral issue, someone's maybe kicking off in class, they're upset about something, they're annoyed about something, I tend to take them out of the classroom and have a one-to-one. And my kind of aim is to almost shock them, really, with how how much I actually care. And I'm not just going to shout at them. And I'll sit them down. And I will tell them like, just really to their face, just be like, I really care about you. And I think you're a really cool kid. I've got a lot of time for you. And if you want to talk, you can talk to me at any point. If you want to come chat with me at lunchtime, come and chat with me and I'll be there to talk to you. But what you're doing in class right now is really disrespectful and it's hurting my feelings. And I do find that with, not with everyone, because we're all different, but with 99% of children, I think it catches them off guard. And they're like, oh, my teacher is actually just a human. And it's nice to hear, I care about you from, from someone when they're being genuine. And I don't know, but for me, it's solved a lot of problems over the years. And I've ended up developing really nice relationships with those kids who had a bit of a reputation of maybe being naughty or misbehaved in class. It's almost like you've laid the foundations as well for prevention rather than trying to patch it up later. By by putting in the groundwork early and building those relationships, not as many behavior problems might arise. Again, we're not saying for a moment that if you have behavior problems in your class, it's your fault because you didn't build a relationship with them. It's not as simple as that, but you're preventing it as much as possible. And I think that approach, it works for me anyway. And it sounds like it works for you. Everyone's got a different style. I was just wondering, because again, we've known each other for ages teaching, but we've not actually watched each other teach loads and loads and loads. Mm. How often would you say that you shout in your classroom? Okay, are we talking like genuine like i'm shouting because i'm like actually genuinely angry and i think and i feel like i just have to raise my voice in pure sort of anger or just shouting because they're being quite noisy to me it's a choice it's a, of a teaching style right because there's there's two types of shouting like you just said 
it's when you are actually angry and you shout because you're angry, right? And it's not premeditated. And there's then shouting because you feel like it's the right thing to do to get the children to stop doing something. And I suppose the, the reason I'm asking is because I've been told, and it wasn't necessarily a choice I made from the start, but it is something I don't like. I don't like shouting. I, I really don't like shouting. And I can't look past the idea of a grown man who's nearly 30 bellowing at an eight-year-old child. Like, I, I just think yeah. there must be other ways to solve things than doing that. But there is one exception for me, which I won't say just yet. Uh, I'm wondering what you think. Yeah, I, I think I probably agree with you in terms of like, it's kind of, it almost, for me, it gives the feel of being out of control. Like if you genuinely, if you're shouting because you, you are just emotional in that moment and it's the only thing you can think of doing, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the best tactic. It has its place though. Like I have definitely been in situations where I, I honestly, that's, it's the only thing I could have done um, in that particular situation for the, for a child or a group of children to listen to me and take me seriously. But most of the time it's forced. It's not really real. I'll kind of use it as a tactic. I'm raising my voice now, <laughs> but not very often. And I've even spoken to the children about this and told them the difference between shouting and raising my voice, because I will raise my voice to talk over and to cut through. And I say to them, look, I'm not shouting now, but I wouldn't talk to someone with this level of voice in a general conversation. So there's a difference there. And there are levels to shouting. And I will say the few times I do shout, it tends to be like a health and safety thing. I had a class once, uh, we went swimming a few times, uh, many years ago, and it was one of their first few times in the pool. And we got back and the coach said to me that they were messing around in the pool and actually it was becoming unsafe. And at that point I thought, okay, how can I have an effect here? And because I didn't shout to my class at all, it held power. That, 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 that raising of the voice, the children knew I was being serious and I didn't just shout for the sake of shouting. It was premeditated. I knew I was going to raise my voice. I knew I was going to put on this persona of this is completely unacceptable. And it cut through because it's one of the, probably in that whole year, I think that was the only time I raised my voice to that level and they took it seriously. How often do you think you get genuinely angry at school? Like real anger? As time has gone on, almost never. Because I think you've seen it all by then. Maybe a few years ago, something happens and it really boils your blood. Like how, how could you get into that fight? I've put so much time into trying to help you and you've gone onto the playground and you push someone over. Yeah. And that would maybe used to make me really angry. But like, why, why have you done that? I've, I've put so much of my energy in. I've just spoken to you. I didn't understand it. But I think the more experience that we've become... Uh, you, you've almost seen everything now. And in terms of pure anger at the children, my first thought is always, yeah, but there's probably an explanation. X, Y, Z. Yeah. Or a better way of dealing with this situation right now that doesn't involve me being angry. It can only be beneficial to spend time really building those relationships with your class, but just not going over that line. And I think the more experienced you get, you realize where that line has to be and you experiment with it. You might feel like sometimes you become too pally and you're not getting as much out of them. So you rein it back in. It's a constant move. And do you know what? Class to class, that line's going to be different, right? I know that you said something to me before and I definitely do this as well. Um, and you said it and you were saying that sometimes you will be a little bit too pally. You'll recognize it in the moment. Like, oh no, I've actually, I've been a little bit too friendly with the class right now. I've maybe done a few too many jokes and they're getting a little bit, you know, out of their seats, joining in, being a bit shouty as well. And then you've sort of regretted it. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I think what I mean is you, you have a joke, you have a laugh, you're having fun. And then kind of, you look at the clock and you're like, oh gosh, we've got to get this writing done in the next 20 minutes. And you might think, okay, oh, okay, class. And it's easy for me as a grown adult 
with my emotions under control because I've gone through the phase of growing up, I can say, oh, okay, let's stop that there then. We need to focus now. And children can't just do that. They're not emotionally mature enough just to say, oh, yeah, Mr. Price has said we're going to stop. So I'm going to start writing now. And that's kind of unfair on the children. And that's my self-reflection basically is you need to be aware of that. And because if, if you need to get something out of the children, they need to produce something, they need to be in a mindset, you can't just flip on and off. You've yeah. got to really plan that out is what I mean. I think they'd actually lose respect for you if you then got angry at them because they'd be like, well, hang on, like 20 seconds ago, we were all having a laugh. I think you're absolutely right. And you saying that maybe really think about my own practice and how I've definitely done that in times of my career. I've got cross at them because they can't immediately snap out of a silly mode that I got them in by messing around in the first place. But I think the overall kind of point for me is just that if you spend that time developing the relationships with the children on an individual level, you can afford to have a little bit more fun and be friendly with them in the class, but maintain that level of respect and still get the best out of them. Right, that's all we've got time for this week. Oh, we are going to... Okay. No, no, we haven't talked about the glue sticks in the cupboard. Oh, you did mention you were going to do that We did week. promise. We did promise. Listen, it doesn't matter. We'll do it next time, right? Next time, next time. We'll talk about glue sticks next time. So guys, we'll see you then for another episode next week. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.